Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, May 15th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week. Then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so I know I am getting this out later than I usually do, but only because it was a super fun weekend for me going back to Big 12's conference championship meet. Um, Norman, we Oklahoma, we hosted it, so it was a wonderful alumni weekend, so shout out to my fellow Sooners. But as always, let's go and let's start with baseball because Rockies pitcher Ryan Feltner sustained a skull fracture after a line drive hit his head going about 93 miles an hour. This was in Sunday, Sunday's game against the Phillies off of Nick Castellano's bat. He has been put on 15-day injured list, and but will likely be out longer than that. Feltner does not need surgery, but he does have a concussion, and he was able to walk off the mound on his own after the game. In that same game, Philly star Bryce Harper charged the dugout and was ejected in the seventh inning. He looked to charge the dugout and go after Diaz, who was the catcher who kind of stopped him after the final out of the seventh inning. And that altercation cleared both benches. The Rockies got the final laugh, though, as they won four to nothing. Shohei Otani is back in the news and in the podcast again, this time for being the first starting pitcher to make it to base five times during a single game. This was actually tonight, Monday night, against the Orioles. That has not happened since 1964 with Yankees pitcher Mel Stoltmeyer. You would think that that would make it an easy win for the Angels as well, but no, they did win 9-5, to five, but while Otani made it to base five times, he also gave up five runs as the pitcher that night. 
Also, kind of going along the lines of baseball, we're going a little bit of softball news as it was conference championship week in softball. But we're going to hit on Oklahoma softball, who has now won 43 straight games after beating Texas in the Big 12 championship final. After the semifinals, it was a program record and the Sooners moved into second all time. Now, they cannot lose two more games for the entirety of the of the season, like tournament everything if they lose two more games then they will not be considered the best team in softball history 1992 UCLA was 54 and 2 which is a winning percentage of 96.4 percent of the time so if they if the Sooners lose two more games that will knock them out of that percentage the longest winning streak is currently set at 47 by Arizona back in 1996 through 1997. Of Oklahoma's games, 35 have been decided by run rule and 28 have been shutouts. This week, we also start postseason for softball, so I'll kind of go over how that works in what to watch this upcoming week. We had round two is officially closed in the NBA, and let's start with the Heat had the early series lead on Monday, winning to make it three to one, but the Knicks kept their season alive on Wednesday. But the Miami team put it away on Friday night, winning 96 to 92, so a lower scoring game, to head back to the Eastern Conference final. In the other half of the East, the Phil. Philadelphia 76ers got Embiid back and it showed in game five with the 76ers winning by 12 to take their first series lead in that matchup. The Celtics won game six, though, to force a game seven in a lower, again, a lower scoring game, 95 to 86. The 76ers, though, haven't won a game seven since 2001 and the Celtics were the season long favorite to make it in. So it didn't seem like it was going to bode well for the Philly team. Game seven was played last night, and it was the only matchup to make it to a final game seven. Boston put it away easily in the third quarter when the 76ers only scored 10 points total in the entire quarter. Yikes. The Celtics win by 24 to make it a rematch of last year's East Conference final. Steph Curry might have scored a triple-double on Monday, but it didn't really matter because the Lakers still got the win going up three to one in the series. The Warriors did play a great game five at home though to stay alive for a game six but the Lakers ultimately won and advance after leading in every quarter of game six. The Lakers started two and ten this season so quite a comeback for that team. Call it the LeBron effect. Call it whatever you want but the matchup between LeBron and Steph Curry ended up going LA's way. On the flip side of the Lakers starting out their season really badly, the Nuggets were the other favored team, and after playing with their food a little bit, a.k.a. the Suns, the Nuggets get down to business, taking Game 5 by 16 points and Game 6 by 25 points to become actually the first team to advance to their conference final, even though I said them last, it, they were the first to advance. And in other NBA news, Grizzlies, Grizzlies star John Morant has been suspended for flashing a gun on social media. Nope, this is not deja vu. He actually did it again. It was quick and to be to be frank, it was on a friend's social media, but it was still there. So I'm going to go ahead and hazard a guess that his punishment will be a tad more severe this time as it is still against team rules. And he doesn't really seem to have grasped the lesson the first time. 
We do have a little bit of football as well news this week as the XFL has officially come to a close and the Renegades, who went four and six during the season, upset the 10 and one DC defenders to win the entire XFL championship on Saturday. The Arlington team won 35 to 26 and sealed it with an interception with a minute to go. The Renegades first upset the Houston Roughnecks in the divisional championships before moving on to the overall best team from DC. It did not matter. Bob Stoops once again is a championship coach. Two sides of golf this week. We're going to start with the PGA and a old name that you love seeing at the top of the leaderboard. Jason Day won his first PGA Tour title since 2018 after capturing the Byron Nelson on Sunday. You could have guessed it was coming since he had been at the top of the leaderboards a little bit more often than late, like lately, but it was still great to see. Day shot 62 for his final round to win with a total score of 23 under par. Young, you'll know, opened the, with a course record tying 60, but ultimately had a not great second round and gave all of his lead back. It, you could call it very serendipitous that Day's first PGA Tour title was the 2010 Byron Nelson, and then the only major he has won in is the same as the one next week, the PGA Championship. Now, granted, that was back in 2015, but quite serendipitous that both of those happened to fall right around the same time. Moving on to the live, as Dustin Johnson won his second live title this weekend in Tulsa, he had to overcome a triple bogey during his final round on the 10th hole to do it and still only made it to a three-man playoff with Cameron Smith and Brendan Grace. Now, Grace set a live record low score of 61 in the opening round, which then Cam Smith tied in his final round. This, however, is quite a bounce back for DJ as he has yet to be within five shots of any other live tournament all season. So this is all before he heads to the PGA Championship this weekend as well. Moving along to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we have also finished round two will, well, I guess round two will actually end tonight. It has ended. That's why I said it's over, <laughs> but technically that game is on right now. You almost could think that the Oilers would do it after they tied the series at 1-1 and then tied it again at 2-2, but that is where their luck ran out. The Vegas Golden Knights beat the Oilers 5-2 in game six to take the series and advance. The Hurricanes put away the Devils in just five games. Granted, game five actually went into overtime, but looks like that long first first round series took it out of the New Jersey team. So the Carolina team advances. The very next night, history repeated itself, but in a different matchup as the Panthers were able to beat the Maple Leafs in game five in overtime to advance. It could have been a sweep, but the Florida team let the Toronto team snatch game four away by one goal. No harm, no foul this time, though, as that ended their luck very, very quickly. Florida advances. And finally, the Stars versus the Krakens matchup is extremely even as Dallas tied the series up at two apiece on Tuesday and then took the lead by taking game five. But the Kraken came back to tie it up and take it to a winner takes all game seven, which is to be played tonight. I am actually going to include some motorsports this time as this weekend was the one 
2000th MotoGP race in Le Mans, where it all started in 1949. It was a great race, too, for those of you who don't normally watch. Of the 21 racers who began, only 13 finished, including world champion from last year and this year's championship leader, Francisco Bagnaia was taken out. Ducati's Marco Basecki took home the title in this historic race after taking the lead on lap 11. The French were also happy as they hosted the 11, the 1000th MotoGP race and as Zarco finished third to take the final podium spot. Obviously, you know where I'm going to go with Olympic news this week, as I was obviously it was conference championship weekend for track and field. And because it would be too long to go through all of the results from even the power five, let's just go through who set new NCAA records. And yes, there were multiple and it is enough to cover <laughs> on the men's side. Arkansas triple jump. Jaden Hibbert broke a 40 year old record by a foot unseating a fellow Razorback with a jump of 17.87 meters. The LSU Tigers set a new four by 100 meter relay record at their home track with a blistering 3790. Florida also broke the record, but they got second. So too bad. So sad. You are not in the record books. Don't feel too bad for them though, because the Gators then broke the four by 400 meter record with two legs under 44 second splits. On the women's side, Arkansas standout Britton Wilson, who appeared in both the 400-meter hurdles and the 400, broke the NCAA record in the 400 meters twice, once in prelims and another in the final with a time that now stands at 49-13. The previous record was by Texas A&M's A Thing Mo with a time of 49.57. So what used to be barely breaking 50, now we're almost to breaking that 49 barrier. That is truly insane. NC State's Caitlin Tuohy also broke the 5,000-meter record the week before conference, so it only feels fitting to mention her here as well. Moving over from the SEC to the Big 12, though, UT women broke the 4x100-meter relay record, lowering it under 42 seconds for the first time in history with a time of 41.89 in enemy territory. Again, I told you I was there, so it was in Norman, Oklahoma, hosted by the Oklahoma Sooners, but it was UT that walked away victorious. Needless to say, I will actually go over what teams won. As needless to say, Arkansas won the SEC title in both men and women with all the records they broke. It is no wonder. Texas also won the women's Big 12, while Texas Tech took home the men's title. The Duke women annihilated the rest of the ACC field, while Clemson won by a single point over Florida State. And then there were two other teams that were within three points. So it was a tight race in the ACC on the men's side. Washington captured its first ever men's Pac-12 title, while on the opposite side, on the women's side, the old favorite Oregon won for the women. And finally, rounding out the Power Five, the Nebraska men showed that they have not given back their track and field dominance, while the Michigan women took it home on their side. We now have a week off before we go into regionals, and then NCAAs will be held at the University of Texas in June. 
But let's go over what to watch this upcoming week before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Again, starting with the MLB Tuesday, the Cubs at the Astros at 7:10 on TBS. You can catch pitchers Steele versus Javier in that game. Friday, there will be two games on Apple TV Plus. Saturday, Brewers at the Rays at 3:10 on Fox Sports One. Then also on Saturday at 6:15 on Fox, you can either catch the Dodgers at the Cardinals or the Mariners at the Braves. On Sunday, you can catch the Yankees at the Reds at 10.35 a.m. on Peacock, and then the Guardians at the Mets at 6 p.m. on ESPN, and that pitching matchup will be Bieber versus Verlander. Oh, man. And this week we have some baseball games to go over. So I'll go over the ranked first ranked baseball games first, and then I will get into softball. So Thursday, catch baseball number two, Arkansas versus number 12, Vanderbilt at 6 p.m. on SEC. Then catch their second game on Friday. That will be at 7 on SEC Network. Saturday, number 18, Tennessee versus number 13, South Carolina at 1 p.m. on SEC Network as well. Like I said, we have started regionals, so postseason for softball. How regionals works is there will be four teams in each regional site. There are 16 regions, and of those, there will be four. Number one in the, um, in the region is the host. They will play four. Then two in the, in the region will play number three for the first game. That is the only games that I will have listed with the teams written out in the blog and the podcast just because after that it gets hazy and they don't even put it on ESPN at this point. So then you will play. It is double elimination and you only advance one from each of the regions. Then we go on to super regionals. After that, the final eight teams go into the College World Series, which is always played in Oklahoma City. So let us go over, and I'm going to go over all the matchups on Friday. Again, this is number one in the region versus number four in the region, and it is double elimination. So Friday, George Mason versus number eight, Duke at 11 a.m. on ACC. Ole Miss then takes on Baylor at noon on ESPNU. Miami of Ohio takes on Kentucky at noon on SEC. Boston University will play VTech at one on ACC Network. UNC Greensboro versus number 16, Clemson at 2 p.m. on ESPNU. Louisville then plays Indiana at two on ESPN2. Notre Dame takes on Oregon at four on ESPN2. Then Hofstra takes on the favorite, number one, Oklahoma, at 4 p.m. on ESPNU. Prairie View has their work cut out with number 10, LSU, at 5 on SEC Network. UCF versus South Carolina at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Nebraska versus Wichita State at 6 p.m. on ESPNU. Long Beach State versus number nine, Stanford at 8 p.m. on ESPNU. And then San Diego State versus Liberty on ESPNU at 9 p.m. that night. So then on Saturday, we'll have the other the other matchups and you'll play everybody in your region. And like I said, double elimination before you get knocked out. There are literally no teams listed on ESPN. So go check out those times. It's either on ESPN, ESPN2, ACC, SEC Network, um, as well as ESPNU. So all of those times will be listed. Again, that's all teams TBD basically at this point. So be sure you check the blog for updates there. In the NBA, we go to a lot easier schedule as we don't have any games tonight, but we start the 
Conference Finals on Tuesday with the West. Game one, Lakers at the Nuggets at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Then you move to the East on Wednesday for game one, the Heat at the Celtics at 7.30 on TNT. Game two in the West, Lakers at the Nuggets again at 7.30 on ESPN. And then the East, game two, Heat at the Celtics at 7.30 on TNT. Then we change locations. So on Saturday, the West Finals, Game 3, it is the Nuggets at the Lakers. We move to L.A. at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. And then in the East, Game 3, the Celtics at the Heat at 7.30 on TNT. We do still have the USFL going on. So even though the XFL has ended, USFL is still going. So those games will continue Saturday. Pittsburgh at Memphis at 1130 a.m. on USA, followed by Birmingham versus Michigan at 3 on Fox. Then on Sunday, New Orleans versus Philadelphia at 11 on Fox Sports 1, followed by New Jersey versus Houston at 3 on Fox. It also is a major championship week for the PGA. So in golf, and again, live tour players are allowed to play. So you will see those familiar names, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka in attendance, even though they play under the live tour. Thursday, catch the PGA Championship Round 1. You can catch that at noon on ESPN. Also, coverage, just so that you know, starts on ESPN Plus at 6 a.m. So if you are up and bright and early and you want to start watching golf, absolutely tune in to ESPN Plus. Friday is Round 2, also at noon on ESPN. Saturday, catch Round 3 at 9 a.m. on ESPN um, as well as then we move over to noon at on CBS. So same goes for the final round for the PGA Championship. Someone will have a mother major or a major added to their resume on Sunday. Catch it starting at nine on ESPN and moving over to CBS at noon. Like I said, for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, we have Game 7, which, again, was tonight, (laughs) the Kraken at the Stars at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Then we begin the conference finals on Thursday, East Final Game 1, Panthers at the Hurricanes at 7 p.m. on TNT. That is assumed because they actually didn't say it was on TNT. Then in the West, Game 1 for Friday, and I'm going to ruin it for you if you haven't already watched, the Stars at the Golden Knights at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. So congratulations to the Stars. Nice to see the Dallas team go through there. On Saturday, East Final, Game 2, Panthers at the Hurricanes at 7 on TNT. And then the West, Game 2, will be the Stars at the Golden Knights at 2 p.m. on ABC. This weekend, we also have a Formula One race as well. Um, That will be at 7.30 a.m. on ESPN 2 on Sunday. And then I didn't find any Olympic sports going on around TV this week. There, Like I said, track and field replays will be playing as well as um, you'll obviously get tons of softball, but not a ton of other Olympic sports going on. So that wraps it up for me this week. Thank you for indulging in my track and field fandom as I kind of got to go take a stroll down memory lane. But a lot going on with NBA, NHL, softball, postseason, all going on at the same time. You know I got you. Check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more. And I'll catch you all next week.